Today we're going to read a lecture by Neville Goddard. Short lecture by Neville Goddard. All things are possible. Before I start, thank you so much for hitting the bell button. Thank you so much for liking, sharing and subscribing. I do appreciate it. It helps my channel grow and I love the support. Let's get into it. All things are possible. Jesus Christ is the true identity of everyone. His name forever and ever is I am. Therefore, when you say I am, you are declaring your true identity. Do you believe that all things are possible to someone called Jesus Christ, but not yourself? If you do it because you do not know who you are. In 1929, believing Jesus Christ to be another, I stood in his presence. We embraced and I became the infinite love that I beheld. For at that moment, I was incorporated into his body and became one with the risen Lord. Scripture tells us, No one has ever seen God except his only Son, who is in the bosom of the Father. He has made him known. This is true, for 30 years later, God's only Son made himself known to me. When I was incorporated in the body of God, I thought I was Neville. But 30 years later, when David of biblical fame exploded from within and called me Father, I knew I was God. Although to me the David who said, I will tell of the decree of the Lord, he said to me, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee. Live a thousand years BC, and was not in any way related to me, yet now I know the truth of the words. No one has ever seen God until he who is in the bosom of the Father makes him known. Only when my whole being exploded and God's son David appeared in the spirit and called me father did i know my true identity now i know from experience that i am jesus christ and that there is no other god no other savior i also know that you and i came out of the body of the lord jesus christ and it is to that one body one spirit one lord and god and father of all that we return via these experiences which take place within let me explain in this manner. At the end of the seventh chapter of Luke, it is said that Jesus forgave a woman for her sins. At which time those who sat at the table with him said, Who is that who forgives sins? Then he went from village to village teaching the good news of the kingdom of God. Mary Magdalene, Johanna and Susanna went with him, providing for him out of their means. The scholars of the great interpreter Bible considered the most scholarly work as of the moment, made this observation regarding this passage. And I am quoting accurately. Jesus did not depend upon chance hospitality, but was supported by wealthy women. Can you believe that? They are speaking of the man who said, whatever you desire, believe you have received it and you will. And all things are possible to him who believes. Yet here we are asked to believe that Jesus depended upon others. Why would these scholars say such a thing? Because they had not experienced Jesus Christ. This is not a story of three wealthy women, but of those who saw the empty tomb. These characters are eternal. They are those who told what they had seen by relating their own experiences. It is said that the apostles who heard did not believe as it seemed to them but an idle tale. 
This is followed by a story that the risen Lord walked with this woman and although they did not recognize him, he asked, What is this all about? And one replied, Do you not know they crucified the great prophet who was delivered into the hands of the elders and the authorities? Then he said, It is not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and then come into this glory. And beginning with Moses in the law and all the prophets, he interpreted them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Since it was too late, they asked him to remain, and while seated at the table, he took bread, blessed, and broke it. As he handed it to them, they recognized him, and he vanished out of their sight. This is not a story of a man who, while dining, breaks a piece of bread. I am the bread of life. One day, like a seed bursting itself, the bread of life will erupt, and the plan of salvation contained within that seed will unfold from within. When the bread of life breaks in you, David, David will call you Father in the Spirit. Prior to this revelation, you will stand in the presence of the risen Lord, embraced and incorporated into His body. This incorporation is your baptism, for it is then that you are united. And remember, if you have been united with Him in a death like His, you certainly shall be united with Him in His resurrection like this. Notice the difference in tense. You have been united with Him in death and you should be united with Him in resurrection. The seed has been broken and is breaking in all. You came out of yourself to enter this world and you return to yourself enriched by the experience. The word translated suffer in the sentence it is not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and then come into His glory. Means to experience sensations. In order for you to experience sensations, you empty yourself of your divine being and accepted the limitations of a slave. You committed yourself unto death to experience its sensations. Become one with death, you overcome it. When you break this bread and are born from within, for unless this happens, you cannot enter the kingdom of God, when this happens, you will have lifted the Son of Man to the knowledge that I am He. Unless you know that, you will remain missing your goals and continue to die in your sins. There is no being talking to you from the outside, as Jesus Christ is not another. You and I fulfill everything said of Him individually because of your uniqueness. There is no one else like you and you cannot be replaced in the kingdom of God. Although what I tell you seems like a wild, wild tale, it is true. For in my Father's house are many rooms. Were it not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And when I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself. There where I am, there you may also be. Now, the woman mentioned in Luke's story are witnesses. You shall be my witness. I will take you into the Father's house where I will instruct you and tell you who I am. I can take you no farther. You must find the Father in you, and this you will never do while looking at me as another. When you see me, you see the Father, but I am not the Father when you look at me. You will find the Father only when His only begotten Son, David, calls you Father. The Old Testament is a prophetic blueprint and the New Testament interprets its prophecy. When this prophecy is experienced, it is so unlike what appears to be on the surface. For the Old Testament is simply a foreshadowing, an abduction, in a not altogether conclusive or immediately evident way.
When it happens in you and in will, you will be born from above and discover God's Son, who reveals you as His Father. The temple of your spiritual body will be torn from top to bottom and the Holy Ghost will descend upon you in a bodily form as a dove. Then God's plan of salvation will have fulfilled itself in you. Men, thinking themselves so very good, are saying that Jesus was kept by wealthy women and millions of people believe them. There are those in my own profession who will point to this passage and get wealthy women to support them. And they will. Believing they are doing God's work as you would milk cows. How could a man who said, whatever you desire, believe you have received it and you will depend upon wealthy women for support? I've been offered diamonds, jewels of all kinds, money, my rent paid for five years at a time, all kinds of things, but I have never accepted any of these. I have paid all my debts, but not through gifts such as these. When they told me this was common practice, I assured them that I was not common and was not in the market for what they offered. But the women spoken of in Luke were his witnesses, those who recorded their visions to support his claim. For one must have proved that everything said of Jesus Christ in Scripture has been experienced by him. Should not Christ experience these sensations, these emotions, and then enter into his glory? I have to have Scripture confirmed, for I am not just talking to his on this level, but on every level of your being. One friend followed me from place to place, from level to level, as I taught scripture. In her letter she said, At each lecture I became so excited my heart began to split, and at the very end I could hardly contain myself. Are we not told, did not our hearts burn within us when we opened into us the scriptures? What else is there? If you read a doctor's report in the morning paper and remember what the same doctor reported a year ago about the same condition of the human heart, you would find that the doctor had completely contradicted himself. Or perhaps he is only quoting another doctor. Well, if there are one million doctors, do you know you will find one million different treatments for the same disease? Treatments are more fashionable than the clothes you wear, changing often, but the word of God is forever. We are told, I am from above, you are from below. You are of this world, I am not of this world. If this is true, how can scripture be secular? He is telling you that he belongs to an entirely different region, that is from the skull, where he is buried in the beginning of time, and not from the womb of any woman who bears children into time. Everything you have ever done was done by Christ. He is your life, and without Jesus Christ in you, you could not breathe. Allowing everything to happen, he will experience it all as you. Believe every precept, literally, for it will be fulfilled literally. Believe that all things are possible to you, that you are what you are, and you are what you want to be. Persist in that assumption and it will harden into fact. Having assumed the life you now live, no one can take it from you but yourself. You have the power to lay it down by no longer being conscious of it, and the power to pick it up again through consciousness. You are the cosmic Christ who nailed your power on humanity in six vortices as the six-pointed star of David. At the moment of sheer ecstasy, God began a good work in you, and He will bring it to your completion as His predestined state unfolds from within. Now, let us go into the silence. This is the end of this short lecture, All Things Are Possible by Neville Goddard. And now, here's a quick summary and commentary. Believe that the principle is true and it will become true, for Christ is in you. Everything that has been done so far is done by Christ. 
allowing yourself to assume that all things are possible, then you will see that all of this will come into reality. At the end of the seventh chapter of Luke, it is said that Jesus forgave a woman of her sins. At which time those who sat at the table with him said, Who is there who forgives sins? Then he went from village to village teaching the good news of the kingdom of God. Mary Magdalene, Joanna and Susanna went with him, providing for him out of their means. The scholars of the great interpreter's Bible considered the most scholarly work as of the moment, made this observation regarding this passage. Jesus did not depend upon chance hospitality, but was supported by wealthy women. Can you believe that? They are speaking of the man who said, whatever you desire, believe you have received it and you will and all things are possible to him who believes. Yet we are asked to believe that Jesus depended upon others. Why would these scholars say such a thing? Because they had not experienced Jesus Christ. This is not a story of three wealthy women, but of those who saw the empty tomb. These characters are eternal. They are those who told what they had seen by relating their own experiences. It is said that the apostle who heard it did not believe, as they seem to them but an idle tale. This is not a story of a man who while dining breaks a piece of bread. I am the bread of life. One day, like a seed bursting itself, the bread of life will erupt and the plan of salvation contained within that seed will unfold from within. When the bread of life breaks in you, David will call you Father in the Spirit. Prior to this revelation, you will stand in the presence of the risen Lord, embraced and incorporated into this body. This incorporation is your baptism. For it is then that you are united and remember. If you have been united with him in a death like this, you certainly shall be united with him in a resurrection like this. Everything you ever done was done by Christ. He is your life and without Jesus Christ in you, you could not breathe. Allowing everything to happen, he will experience it all as you. Believe every precept, literally, will be fulfilled, literally. Believe that all things are possible to you and that what you are, what you want to be and that you are what you want to be. Persist in that assumption and you will harden into fact. Well, it seems like kind of complicated, but it really is not because what he, what Neville Goldberg is trying to say is that all things stem from Jesus Christ. With Jesus Christ is the I amness, is your consciousness. And if you were to take it literally and translate it to a more secular vernacular, you would say that as the Buddha said, mind is the forerunner of all things. And if there is mind is the forerunner of all things, and if we are all connected to this mind by oneness, this oneness, the universe, God, I amness, Jesus Christ is eternal and is within you. And that's the Jesus Christ in you, the I amness, which from which stem that everything is possible and all the facts don't matter because your subconscious mind and your mind is the creator. Therefore, the Jesus Christ is the creator because you have Jesus Christ in you. Jesus Christ was not a person. He is in you as well. So all things are possible. And as soon as you say, I am, it is made possible. For when you assume that I am, that you are what you want to be. And if you persist in that assumption, that assumption that I amness will harden into fact. Because it is real in the fourth dimensional world. In the subconscious mind, in the oneness, in Jesus Christ, in your imagination, which is also the imness of God, it will harden into fact. So dare to assume, dare to persist, and anything you want that exists already in the fourth dimensional world will harden into fact in this three-dimensional world.
Thank you so much for listening. All my information is in the description box below. The coaching, if you need more information, the books. I need to write a couple more books about this, all those subjects, but I'll get to it soon. And thank you so much for liking, subscribing, and sharing, and hitting that bell button. Also, you can join my private Facebook group for more. Thank you so much, and see you very soon. Thank you.